We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We've talked about the run game. We talked about Joe Burrow. We talked about great places to eat in Cincinnati. Make sure you get to games early and find a good parking spot. Next, wide receivers. There's a lot of talk about well, can when is Jamar Chase going to get the ball? Is he getting triple teamed, quadruple teamed? T. Higgins is having himself a day out there. He's wide receiver number one. You can have two wide receiver number ones on a team, and that's not a problem. If Jamar Chase is getting quadruple teamed and T. Higgins is open, that's a great day for your offense. Joe Burrow says all day, let me go ahead and have that open all day. Let's talk about the wide receiver room, and I know that you're writing a piece on it more in depth when it comes to T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. How can Jamar Chase get more involved on Sunday? I wrote it already. Uh, it is out. Um, so I did write a whole section on what I would do to get Jamar Chase more involved because really to me, you don't need to. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, if they want to play T like that, let them play like that. But I know that, you know, there's, you know, Chase is going to want to catch the ball and there are still ways to get the, get Chase involved that doesn't hamper the offense. That's not, well, just throw him the ball when he's covered. Sometimes he can come down with it. <laughs> you know, I don't agree with that line of thinking, uh, even though it is somewhat true that he probably could still just come down with it. But um, to go back to the drop fumble, what they did on that play was actually really creative. They put Jamar Chase in the gun offset where Mixon would usually be right next to the quarterback. He runs what's called a choice route. So he runs up out. He runs around the tackle up. And then if somebody comes up to play man-to-man defense on him, he'll either break left or right, depending on where they're, where they are so that he can get separation, get open. Uh, But they actually backed up, played zone. So he just sat down and that's when he would catch turn run. He's such a good yards after catch guy. He's so strong. He's got giant, legs and calves he's built like a running back um and that was something i noticed pre-draft i remember being like oh my goodness this guy isn't built like a wide receiver he's like six feet tall 200 something pounds and he's got giant legs that's a running back to me but uh that what that does he's an awesome receiver (laughs) but what that does is he's a good yards after catch guy so he catches the ball and then tries to just push forward does a great job but the ball's out uh i won't see them get back to that i don't think that play had anything to do with why he fumbled it wasn't the route or anything like that he seems comfortable running it and that's just a real quick way to just okay this is early down first second down so that they're not playing some type of weird coverage where this won't work just you run a little choice route we have a whole concept going down the field but if they either back up or i see a good separation i could just hit you and let you run after the catch and Get with the right matchup, it'll work out really well. Um, you see a lot of offenses anymore are doing this, so putting their wide receiver in the backfield, they're their number one type of wide receiver, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, the guy that the defense is keying in on, put him in the backfield. He's not as much of a deep threat because it's just you know five extra yards he would have to go to be a deep threat. But if they're a good yak guy like Chase Hill and Debo, then that's a good spot to just get him the ball, get him still get him his targets, get him fed and uh, still work within the offense. I think the Baltimore Ravens saw what happened last year in that first matchup when it's a gift now. 
because a lot of people wanted to show Lamar Jackson just beating the Bengals defense a couple years ago with Jesse Bates running circles around him. It was back. It was payback. Jamar Chase gets out of the tackle, runs for it. He has the whole secondary chasing him, just like that Kansas City Chiefs first matchup, and, and he lets it go. I have a feeling on Sunday Night Football, yeah, the Ravens were battling a, you know, a few injuries. I had to hear about it for the whole entire season. But I don't feel like they're going to let Jamar Chase eat at all. I don't think anybody wants to let Jamar Chase eat anymore. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's a that's I think the the issue the quote unquote issue where he's only on pace for like twelve hundred yards instead of the sixteen hundred. We were two thousands. He was going to go for two thousand this year. Come <laughs> so on. They're they're really focused on taking away his ability to work down the field, which has opened things up for T. I mean, if you only look at the full games T has played, cut out that game of the Steelers where he gets injured in the second quarter before even halftime. He's on pace for 1,600 yards. <laughs> He's eating, you know, because of what they're doing to Chase. And uh, everybody else, I think the offense is doing fine lately, especially as everybody gets a little bit of this rust off and they're working together better, getting more chemistry. Um, so I, I don't really have issue with not throwing the ball down the field to Chase, but you do want to get him involved because he is still a talented player. He's still probably your best player on the offense. So just – get him his targets, get him the ball underneath, some screens, um, even just on shotgun run plays. Just have him just stand there as like a little, hey, if this corner is going to go way off of me, throw it here. and I'll, I'll make that guy miss. And that's what we saw against the Titans. Uh, that's called an access smoke. Um, smoke is just kind of like the stand there route. And access is just basically, do I have access to throw? Is the corner way off? Can I just flip this out there. And a lot of coaches think of that as a run play, just flip it out there, let them go. So it'll increase in their mind, their, uh, their run average, which has been kind of poor. So if he could get a few of those out there, if they're just going to try to play off and really protect deep, there's a whole lot. There, there's a whole lot you could do. Just get involved underneath and let them run versus what they did. What seemed like all of last year. I mean, his average depth of target had to be like 20 yards because everything was just, uh, okay. When's the Jamar chase go ball coming. <laughs> I mean, you go back to last season and just Jamar Chase alone, the, the Kansas City Chiefs game, not even just the second half of how that looked when, of course, what he put up is insane numbers. I want to say he had more than Patrick Mahomes in that entire game. He did. But, I remember because he was like, no, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they run him off the stats. The third and 27. Look, he has so many things to remember from last year, but the third and 27 will forever be like, I can't believe that he was able to catch that. And and just changed they changed the ball game in the second half. Can't believe Spags brought cover zero on third and twenty seven against this offense. Not Joe Burrow. You do not do that to him. Hey, the 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 Dolphins they tried it. The one time they tried it, that was the flip out to T, and he made the corner miss and ran like nine yards and fell down. And then I think they went crap. <laughs> like the Bills don't have these yak guys, but the Bengals have big yak guys. So the, we can't just blitz and play way off like we we. We have to figure out a coverage that'll work. No, and, and you you mentioned Jamar Chase's height and you know what he looks like. It's funny because I don't think a lot of people realize that until the Bengals social team, one of their road trips, I want to say they were going to Dallas. They posted a picture of of T Higgins, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase was on the other side. And Mixon's and taller, isn't Mixon's, he? Yeah, Mixon's taller, and he I mean he looks bigger. Obviously, he's a running back, so he's gonna be. But Jamar Chase looks so tiny compared to all of and them it's wild 
it's hilarious. He's a little bit stubby too. Like he plays big, but his arms are like first percentile and all this other stuff. And I th- there is a theory online that the arms being stubbier is how he can get away with a little extra pass interference because they can't see it because it's not as long of arms. You think of those long arms, that's usually what they're calling. So his little <laughs> his littler arms don't get the call. But uh no, I I it, he is a unique wide receiver to me. Just and we know that already from being one of the best deep threats with one of the best yak threats, but he's also just uniquely built the way he is just so stocky, strong, and a little bit lower to the ground than all these wide receivers. Cause Deandre Hopkins is about six feet tall, but he's got like 30, some 35 inch arms or something wild. They're like offensive tackle arms that can go down to his knees when he's standing. <laughs> Jamar Chase is like 29 inch arms. So that's the big difference between those two. Chase is a bit like Bolden, but he's faster um, when, when I'm thinking of who he compares to. So I think of like a fast Anquan Bolden, um, and think of how strong both those guys are in running after the catch. So I think that's uh that's kind of the unique build of Jamar Chase, which love going into because he is such a unique player. Like T, he's not as unique. He's just he's kind of the big, tall, strong, and Boyd's one of your prototypical slot guys. So you've got like those types, but then Chase for especially for an X receiver that he usually plays, he's just very uniquely built and it's fun. When you think of, because I mean, this offense, it's wild when your expectations are extremely high. Of course, after a very surprise Super Bowl run, I feel like, you know, maybe it was a year early, but for them, you can't talk like that. Like they, they felt like they were good from day one and and they were able to put it together. But with this offense in the last couple of games, I feel like they could have put up 35 and even hit the 40s. And we look at them, we're like, oh, they played they played a little better. And they're, I mean, they're fine out there. A lot of NFL teams would take that right now with what the offense has been able to do. But we're like, mm, 35, 40s where they should be at right now. You know, what do you take away from that? I think some of that's the defense, though, right? Because the defense isn't allowing these long drives. So we have more time. The offense gets more chances. They've controlled time of possession by a ton. This defense has been awesome getting the ball back. So they get all these chances, and we go, ah, they squandered that one. But there's so many that they still end up scoring, like 27, 28-type points. But then you think, like, they could have had 35, they could have had 40, they could have had this because the defense is getting them the ball back so often and we have such a high opinion of the offense. It's not like the 2000 Ravens where it's the defense nonstop or even the current Steelers. <laughs> it's the defense is almost trying to score for them. No, we want this offense to score, you know, 30 by themselves. So when they're getting defensive help, that bumps up to like 40. Um, yeah, that, I think you want to give the defense some credit for how often they're getting the ball back to this offense, but also, yeah, the offense is so good that we're just like, you can't squander these one or two opportunities, even though they're winning and the offense looks good. I feel like we have a Evan McPherson game winner going to happen soon because Bengals fans were, they're so used to the three point win, three point loss. And then you get into these games with a double digit win. I feel like Evan McPherson hits the game winner and it could be soon. Are you predicting that this week? I'm not giving my prediction right now. I'm just saying it could happen this week. So here's the win-win situation. Well, I hope it doesn't happen against like the Falcons. <laughs> well, here's when I could I get to say that. So I'm going to say it's going to be soon because if it happens on Sunday night, I'll be like, I called it. I told you it was going to be soon. And then if it happens against Atlanta, if it happens against the Saints, I'll be like, guys, I told you the Evan McPherson game winner was going to happen really soon because Bengals fans have had time to breathe for a little bit. 
they had a little break from Thursday night football all the way to Sunday night football. You have all these primetime late games coming up and they're like, okay, we're just chill right now. You know, we're getting our heart rate back. And then all of a sudden it's going to be one of those either just, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, I, I still don't know what's going to happen that Baltimore Ravens game. I have two days to think about the prediction for that and what I think is going to happen. I have no clue. Yeah. Can't You're not allowed to predict uh, but uh but yeah um I think Bengals fans will be ecstatic about a field goal last second field goal win against the Ravens and frustrated if it happens in the next two weeks after against the Saints and Falcons. <laughs> no, it's a, a win is a win. A win, a is, win a- is a win, but I think they'll be a little bit frustrated of like, come on, we're way better than this team. We were well, in the Super I Bowl. Say that about week one. I don't even know if you can say that about week two right now. I don't even think the week two game is that frustrating. I mean, it's annoying because you still had opportunities to win, and if you don't get off to a slow start you win and what happens when they don't get off to a slow start and they score a touchdown in the first quarter they win the game back to back week so week one is always going to be frustrating to me when I look back on that game and the thing about it is a lot of people are like I can't believe they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers oh my gosh nine punts for that offense that's terrible quarterback gave the ball away all that stuff long snapper no other team has had to face TJ Watt when they played the Steelers if TJ Watt was out there against the Jets Jets are probably losing that game I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he's such a very good defensive player, obviously defensive player of the year, but also I feel like they never have the guy to step up behind him. They tried to trade for that Broncos guy, but he's been fine. And Alex Highsmith's done a good job this year, but still not TJ Watt. And imagine having those two together instead of one trying to replace the other. So yeah, I think it's just a completely different defense with Watt and, uh, Whatever. No, I mean, th- like I said, I think at the start was just when that happened. I was like, the stats aren't going to show it. But to me, this was an elite defense. Kind of talked about the entire time. Very bad offense, at least at the time. Maybe Pickett will get them better. But that you throw five picks and you lose in the last seconds of overtime. Or four picks uh, in losing the last seconds of overtime. <sighs> it just shows you like, yeah, the offense they faced wasn't very good. Uh, but including a pick six, like that should have been a blowout. But the it offense, should have been terrible. Yeah, and the, you felt, Steelers, it actually felt pretty terrible. It did. The Steelers' offense just couldn't pull anything together. Their defense, they were elite in that game. Getting four turnovers and getting a touchdown for yourself, all these things. Like, yeah, they, the Steelers' defense was very, very good with TJ Watt. Without him, I don't care how they're performing in stats or whatever. And I know all the stats that, like, use your opponent – are going to like say like, oh, they did bad against this bad defense, but that defense is really good with Watt. Yeah, I, I'm really pumped for this matchup on Sunday night because I feel like we're really going to get a test of where this team is and everything seems to be rolling with the offensive line. Joe is playing pretty well and uh, you know, sky's the limit for what the wide receiver room is going to look like. And this defense right now on this podcast is performing like a top five defense. I agree. Yeah. Top five. I'm there. I'm, I'm no longer trying to uh, hedge with a top eight, top 12 type thing. No, top five. They're the top five right now. Will they still be that way after the Ravens game? I don't know. But I do trust Lou with a mini bye week against a team that he's killed before. Uh, I also think the Ravens are going to be very angry about what happened last year. So I think it's a very interesting Sunday night football match. And they haven't won at home in a while. So that's what's that's what's wild about the matchup. Did they was was this last game? Yeah, the last game was at home. Did did they lose to the Dolphins at home? Looking yeah. it up. Looking yeah, they up. lost. Remember they they lost to the they gave up all the points in the fourth quarter. Lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, they lost that game. I was trying to think if it was at home uh, for them. I think it was. I think it was. Yes, it was. Looked it up. 
So yeah, so, they've lost two straight at home. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll have previews, predictions, all that fun stuff. Make sure you go check out his piece on Jamar T. Higgins' wide receiver room over on All Bengals. Obviously, just broke it down now, but now you got to go click on it, read it, and uh, tweet him and tell him how much you love the article. At Bengals underscore Sands. We got plenty to talk about. I'm really excited about Sunday Night Football. It feels like forever from now, but we're almost there. I'm looking forward to the preview of the podcast later this week. Make sure you download, subscribe. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Follow Game Day Cincinnati over on the Twitter page. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.